I see us. Woohoo! First stream of the new year. Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 266, your once week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. John? 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 Can you hear me, John? I can't hear you. Oh, yeah. Uh,. Okay. Huh. I can't hear you. <laughs> awesome. Let me try to troubleshoot that. It's going to look weird for a second. Interesting. Zoom says we have the right selection. I don't know. Nope. I heard you typing earlier. Interesting. Uh... Hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see. Speakers. Uh, yeah, check your speakers. Because my microphone is the uh, Scarlet USB. Uh, <laughs> wait. There you are. I see you. Okay. You. Are you good? There you go. Yep. All right. It wasn't my fault. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Uh, honestly, we're professionals after doing this for so many years. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode oh, 266. This oh, yeah. <laughs> you went, you, you, uh, I, you went, oh, you can oh, hear I me now. Like... And, I went, and, I, and I went, thumbs up. And okay, cool. I'm going to go live. And then I did, oh. I did the first part of the intro and I went, I'm Jeff. And you're just. <laughs> uh, my bad. Oh, hey, I'm John. Awesome. If, it was a delay. If, if only John didn't show up before 559. What? I, traffic. <laughs> I get off at five and it's a, like a 55 minute drive to get home. Yeah. Jeez. Anyway, you're once week live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, okay. everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. You can also catch clips from this show over on Craft Extra. Link in the video description on where to subscribe. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. All Super Chats are right on the air so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. We do drink alcohol on the show and if drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat, and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat or the even more super secret after party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to the Discord server. You can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the <laughs> awesome community that hangs out over there. Ah... Uh, I was thinking to do it twice. I, I, I was thinking about beer, and all of a sudden, like, I started salivating, and then I like, I, I, what do I, I do with it, all this I, now? <laughs> it's just either like I have to swallow, or it just leaks out as I'm talking. But I have one more sentence to do. Ah, <laughs> oh, welcome to the new year, everyone. Only took us five minutes to start the show. Cool. Ah, uh, I really hope that's not a sign of twenty-three. Right. <laughs> How was your new year? Uh, it was pretty laid back. I went, I went to my brother's for a little bit. Uh, wife was, 
feeling a bit under the weather we hosted christmas this year at our house for my like 38 39 people mm-hmm. and um uh like the the moment the last person left my wife was like you know my voice is gone <laughs> and like it just dropped and then so she didn't have a voice for a couple of days then she got like a bit of a a, a couple of people got like a, a, a stomach flu like three three or four people Oof, out there that's the and worst so she got uh she didn't get that but she got something where she was, felt like you know like like a, a bad cold yeah not the flu but a bad cold yeah um so she kind of missed out on new year's but she or she just wanted to relax so i took my son over steve's place uh play with their cousins mm-hmm. but brought him back relatively like 8 39 ish um and then just relaxed nice. uh wife went to bed early i stayed up till I think 12 30 celebrated the new year with a with an old-fashioned yeah so there you go i should have invited you guys over we were in your neighborhood uh celebrating and uh i bartend every year at our at our oh new yeah Year's you were literally probably like oh that, that's like two blocks away <laughs> right exactly like uh, i've flown a drone by steve's house a couple of times <laughs> looked in his windows <laughs> So See, yeah, well, those mosquitoes are getting large. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll have to get you guys over there for next year. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, welcome to the new year, everyone. Uh, let's start it off. Uh, John, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I got two beers. Um, I'm gonna go with a. You know, I don't know what this is. I'm pretty sure it's an IPA. Okay, it is an IPA. I literally bought it just for the label because the label is a bunch of coins, and they're all <laughs> named differently. But the other cool thing is, it's not like a solid wrap. There's gaps in the sticker. It's all cut out. Interesting. And so I was like, wow, someone took the time to put this label on here. Right. Or did uh, like a, a vinyl job where you you remove a top coat and it leaves the stickers underneath it. Oh, no, no. E- each one of these sticker coins is an individual sticker. Right. No, that's what I'm saying is you can you oh, can yeah. put them all onto a single sheet, wrap it around, yeah. and then take the, the top layer off. Um, but, Holy uh, Shatoshi. That's what it's called. Awesome. But, uh, IPA. Uh... Uh, let's see, Sandport, California. I don't see a percentage, and if it is, it's probably hidden in one of the coins. So, uh, IPA. Uh, I'm also drinking an IPA, uh, an American IPA, in fact, from Fort George. This is the Pizza Pals IPA. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, I have not had this one yet, uh, but saw it in the store the other day and figured, uh, why not? Uh, drink fresh, do not age, best refrigerated, unfiltered, expect sediment at the bottom of the can, pizza not included. So I think this one's 7.2%. Raw buckwheat, raw barley, spelt and oats. Oh wait, there we go. That is really hard to find, 16 ounces, one pint everything's hidden <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it's randomly on a sticker <laughs> yeah it's just where is it? i want the information oh wait all right uh 6.3 there it is it's on a nice. dime that's a hazy looking beer uh 
Anyway, how was your how was your New Year's? It was good. Uh, like I said, uh, we do uh, basically homebrewed bar New Year's. Typically, we've done casino nights a couple of times uh, where we'll do uh, craps and poker and roulette and things like that, and set that up for you know twenty or thirty people, and you you play you play casino games all night or or you'll do trivia and so uh for the last two or three years um really good friend of mine has uh basically done an entire trivia thing uh for everyone and there's a cash cash pool at the end um and then i usually bartend the event uh and uh made a lot of really good cocktails uh brought up my cocktail smoker so i did a lot of uh uh, oak smoked uh old fashions and godfathers and martinis and things like that it was good. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. You guys stay up the whole night? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we uh, we didn't leave until 1245. Uh, nice. So, yeah, it was good. It's a good time. Very thick head on this one, like meringue style head. <laughs> My, mine as well. It's it's kind of sticking around. Uh, I, I usually take like one or two sips and then the head's gone and it's. <laughs> It's still staying around. Ooh. Boy, that is way juicier than I expected. I'm gonna have to dig into I, that one a little bit. Uh, let's I see. Apricot one. We got. I saw a couple of drinks. Yeah, we got a couple of drinks in there tonight. Sean is drinking a local brewery, Canteen Brew House Exodus IPA. Harley's got some New Year's leftovers. Surly's Axeman from Surly Brewing. Uh. Colton's got a Founders KBS. Nice. Always a good one. Uh, William's got a 903. Uh, that is uh, a... Uh, yeah, okay. Magic car... Magic oh, okay, yeah, sorry. That's right. I, I was going 903. I know that that beard. No, wait, 903 is the brewery. Okay. 903, yeah. You know, they always have, like, it's a road sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Trey is having an Einstock Icelandic Doppelbach. Uh, we may have something in common uh, a little later in the show. Uh, oh, fancy. North is drinking the tears of those who were ready for the 3070 Ti to be cheap. <laughs> uh, drinking Caldera Toasted Coconut Chocolate Porter. That's from Jason. Good stuff. And after dark, just cracked a Dogfish Head 120 minute IPA. Ooh, Excellent. What, what year is that one? I don't know if that's this year's. I don't know. And Vince Those says, pretty well. and Vince says he's here just in time. Greetings from Southern Cal. What are you doing down there? Don't you have like a view of the Space Needle you're missing right now? Ah. Oh. Anyway. Let's finally get this uh, well-running oiled machine on the road, shall we? <laughs> hey, 16 minutes in as an intro. Yeah. That's not yeah. horrible. <laughs> it's not, not great. Horrible. It's not great, but it's not horrible. Uh, so the 4070 Ti is now official obviously nvidia had their press conference yesterday um and uh and did the announcement and made some pretty grandiose claims uh 
that the 4070 Ti was going to be a 3090 Ti killer and three times faster than a GTX 1080 Ti and uh, you know the king of productivity and and like the the greatest thing ever still costs eight hundred dollars. Oh, and by the way, there's no <laughs> such thing as a founder's edition card. So seven ninety nine completely off the table. You're looking eight fifty plus regardless of what card you manage to get a hold of, if you even want to get a hold of one of these. Uh, which, judging from the 4080 overstock and uh, sitting on plenty of shelves, I doubt a lot of people are going to be breaking down the doors of Best Buy. Uh, <laughs> in the video description, I did link uh, videocards.com. They've got a very comprehensive list for a 4070 Ti roundup from all your favorites or or regional uh review sites, uh, everything from Gamers Nexus and eTechnics to Jay's Two Cents, Debauer, Kit Guru, they're all in there. Um, if you haven't seen the reviews, I can sum them up very quickly. Uh, this card is just the 408012 gig that NVIDIA decided to rename after Reddit lost its collective mind, justifiably. Uh, for splitting the 4080 name between two cards that were very clearly not in the same league. Uh, and uh, instead, they renamed it to the 4070 Ti and gave it a $100 price cut. It was originally supposed to be an $899 card. Now it is a $799 MSRP dollar card. Um, is it a 3090 Ti killer? It plays on the same playground. I'll, I'll say that much. It lost to it in a couple of benchmarks, uh, especially very memory bandwidth intensive things such as, oh, I want to know, ray traced games, uh, 4K with, with high texture streams, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 and, and games like that that are massively graphics intensive and have all the bells and whistles and every API possible turned on. Um, it flat out lost, sometimes by multiple percentage points. Uh, in some games, it pulled ahead by a decent margin, by, you know, 5 5%, 7 But I wouldn't call it a 3090 Ti killer. Your 3090 Ti was a $2,000 card, and in a lot of regards is still the better buy with 24 gigs of video memory if you do anything remotely that requires productivity or or extra memory bandwidth or things like that. Yeah. Memory bandwidth compared to the 3070 Ti actually went down on the 4070 Ti. Uh, down from a 228 uh, bit bus and something like 700 gigabytes per second to a 192 bit bus and only 505 gigabytes per second. Um, so again, if you are running memory intensive things, this may not be the card for you, or or you want all those ray traced bells and whistles, you know, flying. This may not be the card for you. But it goes back to the same old thing. This card is wildly expensive at eight hundred dollars. This ties into a story in just a couple of minutes that. Desktop GPU sales are at a 20-year low. Huh, I wonder why that is. Global recession, uh, 
you know, people can't afford food or rent or gas or anything like that right now. Yeah, let's drop $800 on a mid-tier graphics card. Just what the well, average yeah. consumer wants, right? <laughs> right, totally. Ugh. Well, and like you were saying, the performance-wise of this card, too, isn't even all like you were saying. It's not a killer. Um, it, it It's kind of like the old jump. It, it is. They did just do the whole Scooby-Doo meme of like, hey, here's the uh, the new 4, 480, ah, 4080. Right. Ah! Yeah, I mean, that's all it is. It was, it was like, the 4070 Ti all along. Exactly. Right. That's really all And why, why would you as NVIDIA get on stage and say it's three times faster than a GTX 1080? I certainly hope that a fourth generation card is three times faster than the previous generation flagship by a very good margin. Oh, and by the way, that card is also seven years old at this point. Uh, oh, and that card was only five hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> you're not doing yourselves any favors by going. Remember how good we had it when a GTX 1080 was the flagship tier card and was only four hundred ninety nine dollars MSRP. Remember those days? Uh, no. Well, screw you. Where's our eight hundred bucks? Yeah, it's not the greatest of looks. Now double it. Ah. <laughs> uh. So now I will say as someone who did not review a 4070 Ti, I'm also a little bit salty at the timing of this. CES is a known event. It's not, it didn't spring up all of a sudden overnight. It is one of the two premier consumer electronics specifically revolving around PC components uh, in a calendar year. It, it is one of two premier events, the other being Computex, with Computex being a little bit more focused on on uh, PC tech than, than consumer electronics in general. Uh, but it's not like you don't know when this event is going to be. It's the first week of January, every single year for the last 20 years. Uh, why NVIDIA decided that the embargo date would be Wednesday of CES? As a reviewer, that's an absolute slap in the face because as tech, as a, as a tech reviewer journalist, there's about a 15-day period that I can guarantee that no products are going to come out. And that is pretty much from December 20th through January 5th. Uh, nothing's going to come out the week of Christmas or the week of New Year's or the week of CES. Embargo dates are the week after. It's just usually how it goes. So no, instead of reviewers getting a chance to spend time with their family and, and take off the two weeks a year that there's not a lot happening in tech, you don't have to be covering things, uh, NVIDIA decided to send reviewers graphics cards, make them do benchmarks, and then publish it in a, on a day in which none of them are going to be home because they're attending your press conference that you required them to attend or wanted them to attend to cover the launch of the card the day before. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> no, that's a good point. I'm that's furious on behalf of, of people who reviewed the 4070 Ti. 
Because if I'm in Vegas right now, I don't get to sit there and watch the launch of a video and and make sure it's performing well. I don't get to interact with the community. I don't get to ask answer questions. I'm already off busy doing other things and covering other products and Nvidia just wanted to dominate the press cycle. And so yep. they're like, "Nope, we're going to launch on on January 4th. That's a perfectly reasonable day to launch a card. Three days after a holiday uh, in which everyone stays up till midnight uh, and literally the Wednesday of CES. That seems like a perfect time, perfect timeline to do things on. <laughs> I'm pissed and I didn't even review the card. <laughs> and then the card's just not all that great. It it's not there's nothing there to wow me there's nothing there to make me want to spend eight hundred dollars i i look at the reviews at at 1440 and 4k and and yeah you can crank everything up to ultra settings but we're still talking about most games being playable at an average of well over 100 fps with lows in the 70s and 80s yeah no, I mean, I think majority of like all of this stuff too is uh, for for me performance, and we always constantly talk about price per performance. This again goes back to an article we're going to hit on later. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's uh, garbage for the for the price. You know, it's it's like Ferrari sitting there and telling you, "Hey, we got this brand new Ferrari. It's going to be the fastest Ferrari ever, and it's a front engine convertible." Uh, you know, and they it's overpriced. It, they just basically dressed up a Mazda uh, and be like, "Oh, look at that! There you go." Oh the God, Ferrari. What, what was the? Uh, it was Aston Martin. Aston Martin had to meet emissions requirements and released essentially a rebranded Chevy Spark. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I know what you're talking about. But it was like $80,000. And all they did was put Aston Martin branding on a Chevy Spark, which, by the way, starts at like 11000 <laughs> There were no special features. There were no... Uh, Doug DeMuro actually did a review of one, and it's hilarious. Because everything still says Chevy on it underneath the Aston Martin stickers. <laughs> Aston Martin Signet. There it is. Signet. Yep. Someone knew it. Oh, it's a Toyota. That's right. It was the, uh, it wasn't the Chevy Spark. It was the uh, Scion slash Toyota IA. That's right. Yep. That's right. Which is also the Mazda 2. I believe the Mazda 2 is also a rebadge of the IA. Uh, yeah, it <laughs> terrible, terrible car. Um, oh my gosh, I own a Spark. Thinking of adding luxurious anything to it is appalling. Uh, yeah, uh, my brother-in-law owns a Spark. And uh, it's great for... Uh, for what it is. I mean, it's an affordable economy car. It gets... 45 50 miles to the gallon um i mean is what it is and it's a four-door like yep what more do you want i mean you're not gonna be hauling a lot but yeah like you said you're just in town and you're doing a little commute for for a for a city runabout which is pretty much what yeah. it's designed to be fantastic car
Oh. But, yeah. Uh, if you wanted Got to it. know, if you wanted to know why EVGA stopped making graphics cards for NVIDIA when NVIDIA graphics card sales represented 80% of their revenue, this kind of crap is why. Like, think of, think of how NVIDIA is screwing over reviewers and and board partners and customers and, and everything else with high prices, uh, selling direct to miners when, when, when that was a thing last year, um, and just flat out continuing to... Look, it's not that they don't make good cards, it's that they're just a terrible value and at this point in time, with the economy the way it is, usually luxury commodities like graphics cards go down in price to match what people are currently able to spend on commodity items. Uh, instead, NVIDIA's tripled it. They've yeah. gone from $500 to $1,500 for flagship cards in the last seven years. And you wonder why EVGA doesn't make cards anymore. All right. Chuck sends over $5. Yeah. Thank you very much, Chuck. Much appreciated. No message with it. I don't know if you just didn't put one in, but if you have a question, leave it right under that. I'll, uh, I'll see if I can follow that up. Uh, as part of CES, Intel launches 16 new 13th gen Raptor-like desktop CPUs, both higher priced and higher power consumption. Um, so these are more in line of uh, kind of the mid-tier level chips. We're, we're now getting the 13700F uh, officially released, although I did... Uh, review a 13700KF in uh, in a video just a couple of weeks ago. I guess not review, it was a sponsored video, but took a look at some of the performance of that. Um, but uh, yeah, a little bit of a price drop considering, you know, $410 skew down to $385. 84 yeah. Yeah, you know, $20, $30 price drop if you don't need the overclock ability. Not everyone does, and honestly, I don't know that there's that much meat on the table for the average consumer to get it to get at without extreme overclocking. Uh, but uh, you know, it's nice to see some of these uh, lower price CPUs coming out. But if you move on down the list, we now see uh, the real meat and potatoes of the budget options from Intel, and I'm actually kind of surprised with what I see here. Uh, number one, the 13600 is a 14 core, 20 thread. So that's six performance cores and eight efficiency cores. Uh, five gigahertz boost clock on the performance cores, 255 bucks. That is, in my opinion, an astoundingly good deal when you consider it's only about $50 more than a Ryzen 5600 at, at $200 with six cores and 12 threads. Um, so Intel's coming out swinging, uh, waiting on Ryzen to launch some lower-end parts. Uh, 
Even below that, we've got the 13500 at $230. Again, 14 core, 20 thread with the performance and efficiency cores with a 4.8 gigahertz boost. Uh, 13400, uh, also available in a 13400F. I think this one is probably squarely in the sights of the 5600 as, as far as showing some yeah. domination. 10 core, 16 thread. You only get four efficiency cores, but you still get those six performance cores. 4.6 gigahertz uh, turbo on that. 200 bucks, 199. Yep. Uh, now they do still offer the 13100F. Honestly, if it's me, 130 bucks is a little overpriced for a four core eight thread. Even though it's four performance cores, it's a little overpriced. You only get a 4.5 gigahertz boost. It's not overclockable. Uh, I think $135 is stretching a little bit. I would like to see this down with what they had the 10100 for, which was an $85 four core CPU. Now it was- You know, that $99 mark, you know, price point. Right, exactly. Uh, so I'm glad to see that those price points being driven down a little bit by Intel. Um, that and again, performance-wise, they're they're kind of coming out swinging here. But the only, the black sheep of this family, I think, is that 13100F at being, it's just too expensive. Uh, I mean, at $200, you're getting 10 cores and 16 threads uh, versus 135, you're only getting four cores, eight threads with a lower well, boost. That, yeah, I mean, I'd even go for the 13500 for an extra 30 bucks and like buy a crap keyboard. Right, then you get, <laughs> yeah, you get 10 extra performance cores and eight yeah. efficiency cores. So, for a for a hundred bucks, ninety bucks. Yeah, for ninety for ninety bucks, you you go and just buy that cheap sixty hertz monitor instead, you know, and wait till next year to upgrade your monitor. Right. Um. That's you know, a boom. Look at you, look at the sweet processor you got. Well, also, it's not like 1080p 144 hertz monitors are that expensive anymore. I mean, you can no, pick one up for like 150 bucks. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. You can go get like a you know a standard one for like what 60 bucks so there's yeah. your extra money basically yeah but yeah uh no the, they, these are sweet these are the the price is dropping the power also is very nice to drop mm -hmm. uh, some of them when you overclock them are, are a little bit high but still the standalone startup is very much low you know i think the highest one was 125 but most of them are sticking in that 65 watt uh area um very manageable uh, you know, a 500 right now, if you had one of those and a decent power supply, 500 Watts, 700, yeah. 700 Watts is really all you need. Right. Um, so that's nice. Um, I will say, uh, that if we scroll this list over and, and we do look at the wattage, um, they're calling all of these 65 watt, but that doesn't really represent the, the total wattage. And I'm glad that Intel is giving the yeah. total actual wattage numbers of of their chips now instead of going oh yeah it's a 95 watt part 180 watts later like those sons of, lied to me like <laughs> these aren't 65 watt chips unless you disable turbo in which case some of these you're running at like 2.5 gigahertz yeah 2.7 gigahertz base clock on the 13600 no one's going to disable turbo on these uh no. Now, you're not necessarily going to run them balls to the wall either, but you're not going to disable turbo. Uh, so 154 watts for the 13600, even still 89 watts for the 13100. And again, that seems a little high to me. Um, well, you can't overclock it. 
You can't. That's the thing. You can't and overclock it, but but still, that, that, eighty-nine watts for a four-core processor. I know. Well, that's what's funny though is you can't overclock it, so you're stuck there, and it's like, oh, it's sixty watt mm-hmm. to 80, 89 watts. <laughs> oh, the performance. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, one other thing to note too is the Ryzen seven thousand CPUs only support DDR five. There's only a DDR five memory controller in those chips. If you want to get on the AM five platform, it's DDR five only, which is significantly more expensive at this point in time. Remember, Rocket Lake CPUs also support DDR4. They have dual controllers on board, so you can run DDR5 or DDR4 depending on the motherboard that you buy. So again, kind of coming out swinging for that low-end price point. Now, I'd love to see some much more affordable motherboards out of Intel, uh, you know, get us below that $100 price point. Um, Because honestly, most of the... Gosh, what is it? The B660, I think, is the current generation. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the B660, most of them are still like $120, $130 for, for micro ATX and ATX motherboards. And then ITX is even more expensive. It, it kind of makes it hard to justify that that budget price tier when your motherboard is almost the same price as your CPU. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, even going through this in my head, I was like, this is still a $750 computer mm-hmm. you know, with this chip, the motherboard, the RAM that you're going to need to require. The only thing cheap I'm reminded or thinking, I was like, oh, hard drive's cheap. Okay, that, that don't really have to Yeah, so I'll say storage has gone through the floor <laughs> in the last couple I know. of months. Um, you can get some nice ones. You And if you want to get junk ones, too, I, I they're think like $13 for a 240 gig <laughs> NVMe. Yeah, I, I paid $11.99. Uh, I, uh, I also just bought a couple one terabyte SATAs for another project. Uh, they were $43. Yeah. One terabyte. So, uh, <laughs> 43 bucks solid state. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's gotten stupid inexpensive. Um, I know. I, I mean, a mouse, a decent mouse and keyboard set is going to run you more than your hard drive. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and that's not even like top of the line keyboard and mouse set, but just, you know, a, a decent even combo. Um, but yeah, no, even looking at this, you know, a case, you're looking at 120 bucks ish. Mm-hmm. One of these cores right here, you know, you're 200, let's go mid tier two, 230, two, just 200 then. So you're 300 there, another 200 for the board. So you're 500 there, 50 bucks for your hard drive, 550, another 50 bucks for your keyboard and mouse, 600, monitor, 700 bucks. 700 750 bucks is what you're right. gonna be paying for mid mid-level uh computer like this mm-hmm. and so i i'm still like that's not budget friendly these to me when they were saying they were budget i was like these are mid-tier processors these yeah. are like i do have a little bit of extra money i can afford a little bit better price i might have mm-hmm. to sacrifice one thing so i wouldn't i don't think these are budget like it's trying to claim or right. like, yeah the but, price went down but, yeah the, the CPU competition that we all wanted to happen between AMD and Intel is in full swing. And right now, Intel is aiming for that massive bang for the buck. Oh, and also fighting for the performance crown at the top end um, between the 7950X and the 13900KF. Uh, like, and it's a good fight. Uh, and if uh, mine and Ian Cutress's theory of Sapphire Rapids coming to the workstation turns out to be correct, uh, which I think we covered two weeks ago, uh, a potentially leaked workstation motherboard with Sapphire Rapids chipsets on it. Uh, if that comes to fruition, oh man, that's going to be a 
shot across the bow at Threadripper and Epic, both. It's a shame we're not seeing the same competition and driving prices down in the graphics card space. To NVIDIA's credit, they're doing a phenomenal job at keeping those prices high. And <laughs> I don't know if it's just a, a matter of scale for AMD cards. I don't know if it's so much bad press over so many years that people don't want to justify it, or just the fact of the matter is no one's going out and buying new graphics cards right now, whether they're 4000 series or 7000 series AMD. Uh, yeah. The latter of which could very much be true, as we alluded to this earlier, but uh, desktop GPU sales hit a 20-year low and in fact dipped 42% from just a year ago. Now, obviously, the crypto crash is a massive factor in that. Um, but the fact of the matter is that consumers just aren't going out and buying graphics cards right now. Uh, for pretty much all the reasons we just listed. Uh, they're way too expensive. They're not that much better performance than we've seen or than we need over the last couple of generations of cards. Yeah. If if you bought a GTX 1080 seven years ago, what do you need to upgrade? Well, that, that was actually kind of my thought was <laughs> that I think, you know, like we we're talking about, uh, there's... <clears throat> all, all throughout the past couple of years, more people have been staying in indoors, you know, the whole 2020, you know, virus, uh, um, malware thing. Uh, but I think people learn to just, oh, I can, I have my PC here. You know, I, I'm good with this. I can deal with this. And then there was the shortage. Uh, there was the whole supply chain shortage and chip, you know, loss. I think people are in stock shortage. And so when people did go out to go buy, they're like, I can't even find one anymore. And miners are taking them all. Then the companies just sell directly to the miners and say, ah, consumers are, you know, second fiddle. Mm -hmm. So I think people just got tired of looking and caring. Like, I don't care. I am perfectly content playing with my old stuff still. I'm starting to re-enjoy it and I don't need to upgrade. Great. I think that also kind of factors into uh or they're just buying in the used market and it's being like finally ebay is coming back and or and you know craigslist facebook market whatever is coming back to where people will then turn around and sell their used ones like unfortunately right now you know people are hurting for money uh right. so they're like look i will rather sell my brand new these people that did go and search for the brand new 3080 series, you know, whatever, they're selling it for a cheaper price. They're trying to, or at least MSRP, and that's barely been used. Yeah. So, no, uh, I bought not that long ago a GTX 1080 for $140, Founders Edition, like new condition, nice. works fantastic. Yeah. Um, I got a Ryzen 3700X for 130 bucks. Uh, I got a B550 motherboard off Amazon. Uh, for I think sixty-five or seventy dollars with Wi-Fi and and like all the bells and whistles. Yeah, DDR4 memory is way way down right now. We we've got NVMe storage is way down right now. That's a pretty ballin' little system if you're looking at 1080p or even 1440 gaming. Are you gonna be cranking out 144 FPS? No, but I don't think at five hundred dollars you need to. Uh. And you're still going to have fun, though. That's the thing. Uh, it's, but it's not it's like not... you can't play the games. Yeah. And 
You're not uh, trying to be a you know competitor or anything. You're like, I just want to have fun. Yeah. I'm not professionally competing. Right. This is actually a video that I'm going to be writing up tomorrow and hopefully filming over the weekend is uh is just that is it it's a it's a premise based on some existing content that I've done but it really does also hit at the the budget gamer and do you need to go out and buy a 4070 Ti right now to enjoy games and I think consumers are just as guilty as as Nvidia and AMD are for pushing the frame rate wars up up into the you know well you're not a real gamer unless you're at 144 FPS. Remember like remember when the 1080 was out and it was like it's 60 FPS or nothing. Well now yeah. it's like a now it's like 120 FPS or nothing. And I'll oh, admit 120 is smoother than than 60. Like it's a very noticeable difference. Yes, it's a very noticeable that. difference, but Am I not going to enjoy the game at 60 FPS? Look, I went and watched Avatar in the theaters this weekend, and it fluctuated between 48 and 24, seemingly at random between scenes. That was a little jarring. But if my game fluctuates between 60 and 80, I don't care. Uh, And is 120 that much more playable than 80? And do you need to upgrade to get that? Do you even need to upgrade your card at all? Like, like there's a whole bunch of questions within that that realm. And even if you were to go and spend $500 on a new card to upgrade from a GTX 1080 that you bought seven years ago, are you getting much better performance today than you did then? Is it actually a better deal? Is it actually a better value? Are you actually well, upgrading? Exactly. And then on top What's of that, What's a 3060 not- get you today? It's not even just that. You have to upgrade all of your hardware, too, or at least, you know, your monitor. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to need a better power supply. It's not just that $800 price point for the car and be like, oh, I'm everything's going to be better. You don't it probably doesn't even work with your motherboard then. So you actually do need to go get a whole entire. It it would totally work with the motherboard. The problem is, I I mean, but like uh, power supply and. Right. Um, yeah. The, the the and the the main problem with how fast graphics cards have gotten are you're seeing CPU bottlenecks at, at yeah. fourteen forty and even four K in some cases, and so if you were to go out and drop eight hundred dollars on a forty seventy Ti, but the rest of your rig is seven years old and you're still running in you know an eighty seven hundred K or or something from from that generation, boy, you're not going to get the performance you think you're going to get even though you're rocking a top flight graphics card. Uh, yeah, exactly. Because 4.5 so, gigahertz on an 8700K is not Rocket Lake speed. Like, let me just be the first to disappoint you there. Um, yeah, so you're just not, it's not even that like, you. if you saved up all of your money and be like, oh, I'm gonna buy that graphics card. You're gonna need a whole, probably need a whole lot more to yeah. get the performance that you think you're gonna be doing to where you probably could just upgrade and you don't if you if you really needed to or wanted to to just one generation above whatever you probably already currently have. Right. And then you'd probably see a pretty decent performance. But if you then think about it, take a step back. Is that one generation jump actually that much better in performance? I can understand it as a working computer like graphics uh, editing or something along that line. You know, well, if, we're, doing if, we're, if we're talking video. if we're talking from a Pascal card to a Turing card, no, you should not upgrade. You should not make that upgrade unless it's handed to you. Uh, if you want to jump to a three thousand series and you want to jump from a, 
you know, from a 1080 to a 3070, 3070 Ti, I think that's a pretty modest jump. But at the same time, yeah. the 3070 and 3070 Ti are still like $500 graphics cards. Um, I don't know that I'd make that jump. I don't know that it's a significant enough upgrade to warrant it. Uh, I mean, it's definitely an upgrade, but it's 15 or 20%. And if your 1080 can already game at 60 to 80 FPS in most games at 1440p, even if you have to, you know, drop your anti-aliasing down by from 4x to 2x, or even, God forbid, go FXAA, uh, what if you had to you know, lower your water reflection resolution down a couple of clicks. Yeah. Like, there are sacrifices we can all make when it comes to graphical clarity to get better frame rates. And I'm the first to say I'm easily on the list that will go, screw the graphics, I want faster frame rates anymore. Yeah. But... Well, I... Yeah, go ahead. But are, are, are... Do you need to upgrade your 1080 to get 20% faster performance in Red Dead Redemption 2 by buying a 3070 or could you just drop a couple of graphics settings yeah uh well i think uh one of the other issues too is also just how they've advertised these graphics cards of like it says 30 40 percent jump to you know uh, uh 10x better than this and the consumer that doesn't know anything the mm -hmm. gamer the kid that doesn't know anything that goes to his parents or his mom being like look my 1080 my old computer you bought me five years ago i need the latest and greatest doesn't know hey if you just go into your settings you can get these very playable frame rates right. they don't know that uh i almost wonder that there's a couple of videos right there just doing talking like that or there's a channel <laughs> i think there actually are a couple channels that we do that uh we've talked about uh Rhett and i internally doing game optimization guides uh yeah. for what settings affect your performance the most in various games uh so basically getting on the new hotness, jumping into Elden Ring and saying, and literally benchmarking every game and giving empirical objective data of what does each setting affect in the open world, in a field, in a cave, in a castle. And uh, here's how to tweak your graphics card and your graphics settings to get the best performance out of whatever your hardware is. Um, it's a lot of legwork. It's a lot of... Yeah. It's multiple testing, days of testing yes. and benchmarking and, and whatnot. And it affects different generations of cards differently. And so if you yep. have ray tracing versus not, or you have more memory versus not, or you have AMD versus NVIDIA, uh, different settings will have different impacts in your gameplay. And it's a per game basis usually because of how that particular developer implemented an API. So it's very leg heavy work. And I'm not sure... Uh, I, I know Hardware Unboxed has tackled this in the past, and they kind of stopped doing it because of how much work it ended up being. I don't know how much time and effort I'm willing to sink into that kind of content. But we, we definitely talked about, like, that's definitely an area of interest. Yeah. But is but is the payoff worth it? And, and like, do we want to be that outlet? I, I don't know. Uh, so, you know what I do know? how great our sponsor is. That's right. Today's video is brought to you by Linode. Hosting your own servers also means you get to host all your own problems and even the most skilled 
network engineers will tell you you should decentralize your network. So why not host your services with Linode? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the tutorials you've seen on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateway, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. They offer shared CPU plans for as little as $5 per month and can scale as high as your needs go, whether it be virtualized hosting, dedicated enterprise GPUs, NVMe block storage, and more. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode is also expanding at light speed, with 12 new global data centers planned before the end of this calendar year. Visit Linode.com slash Craft Computing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's Linode.com slash Craft Computing, and again, a huge thanks to Linode for being a constant sponsor of Talking Heads. Thank you, guys. We did get our uh, standard super chat from Kren. Oh, there he is. G'day. G'day, Kren. Uh, G'day, mates. Uh, always good when you're the only one who shows to the office. Yeah. Uh, as for budget gamers, currently looking at upgrading to a GTX 1660 Ti. Yeah, some of the 16 series um, have been massively dropping on the used market. Um, I do have a very, very interesting budget gamer video coming up. Now, the, the graphics card itself, I think, is still $290. But... It's brand new, in box, and it is a phenomenal value at, at $300. Uh, so I'm just gonna float that out there. I'm hoping to do this review this next week, so look for it in like the second week of January, right on the, like the 14th or so, uh, of this graphics card review coming out, because it is, not only is it a very interesting graphics card, it is something that is so up my alley, it's not even funny. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll, I'll drop that as a hint. So, <laughs> yeah, make sure you're subscribed. Uh, lots of fun stuff coming up. Uh, we've also got, like I said, I, I alluded to a, uh, uh, a video this next week talking specifically about like building budget PCs and where you should put your money and... The concept of this video is used Xeons are dead, long live used Xeons. Yes. <laughs> That's going to be the title of that video. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, if you if you benchmark it against like a modern CPU, you're going to get your butt kicked like like every day and twice on Tuesday. But can it still play games? You bet it can. So that'll be an interesting video. Um, Gearling's in the chat. Uh, well he enough, did. I finished editing a video for tomorrow morning. Might be clear to lift over 10 pounds next week. Uh, or no, less than 10 pounds last week. Or greater than 10 pounds. Okay, so he typed in less than, thought greater than. I misread it, flipped it around. He corrected. Awesome. Might be cleared to lift more than 10 pounds. Yay! There's Jeff's all over the place. Woohoo! Uh, Yeah. Uh, there's Jeff's here. There's Jeff's in the mirror universe where we tend to <laughs> take over. Do uh, the mirror universes, they, they're all shaven, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So wait, are you the are you the evil one then? 
Uh, no, the joke I've used on the channel before is Mirror Universe Jeff doesn't use Manscaped. Mm. That's how you can tell us apart. But you, you got to get us behind closed doors, so to speak. <laughs> it's a different kind of mustache. Even Mirror Universe Jeff has a beard. Like, <laughs> uh, long live long live X seventy nine. I'm more of on the X ninety nine bandwidth or uh, you know bandwagon now, especially because of price drops and uh, and so on and so forth. Like, you can get like a twenty six ninety eight V four for under a hundred dollars. Like, holy crap! You want eighteen cores? You got eighteen cores. You want 3.7 gigahertz boosts and DDR4 support and native NVMe. Oh, baby. Uh, it's all there. So, uh, John Jay reminded me I might have some beer mail around here. I need to figure out what I did with that box. I think I see it. Uh, give me like five seconds here. All right. Well, let's go in the chat. How did everyone have yes. a good New Year's? Anyone in the chat do anything interesting for their New Year's Day other than... Like what we did, which is drinking, let us know in the chat. And if there's anything interesting, we will make note of it. All right. Uh, yeah, 2666 V3. Uh, I do have a 2667 V4 video. That's actually the Xeon that I'm using for my testing. Uh, so yeah, 2667 V4. It seemed very fitting since I started my channel with a 2667 V1 uh, as kind of like the budget killer uh so and actually i paid less for this cpu than i did for the v1 to tell you how long i've been doing this crap for uh anyway beer mail beer mail from john j oh my god it's a box so i opened the box and there's a box inside the box um which is always a good sign uh let's see oh man Okay, Adroit Theory and Kushwa Brewing. Uh, Future You Hates You, Russian Imperial Stout. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, saw that one. Uh, I have the the 16 ounce can of this already. Uh, so I'm glad I get a 12 ounce because this is a 13.5% beer. Uh, so, yes, <laughs> I can drink one by myself and then split one when, uh, when I have friends come over. Uh, let's see. Next up, of course, this one's sealed in a perfect circle, so it's hard to get a knife into it. There we go. Got another 12er, Adroit Theory Evil. Oh, what evil lurks? There we go. Russian Imperial Stout. Uh, Cubano Roast Coffee. Cocoa nibs, pumpkin spices, and maple syrup. Uh, um, pumpkin beer? Pumpkin beer. Again, 13.5%. There you go. Oh. What Evil Lurks from Adroit Theory. And there's a box in here. Oh, is it liquor or is it just a really rare beer? I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, John, did your camera die? Oh, did it? Uh oh. Ah! There was a keyboard under my feet. 
I'm going to wait for John oh. to get back before I, I show oh. him this box. Oh, oh, I didn't have my camera plugged in. <laughs> that makes sense. Whoops. Let's see. Wow. There we go. Wow. John will come back in a sec, but I, I want I want John's reaction to this one. Okay. I'm back. So I'm glad this was a box inside of a box because this box almost didn't survive. This uh this top rattled around in here quite a bit, but all the liquid is still in it, I can assure you. Um so from Goose Island Brewing. Oh, I already know what it is. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. Do you have a guess? I do have a guess. What's your guess? Goose, the Goose Island Bourbon County Stout Triple Distilled uh, Anniversary, I think it was. Something like that. From Goose Island Brewing, it is the 30 Years of Stout. Yeah. Yeah. 2022 yeah. edition. Uh, so I think that's Jim. I think they, it's like aged in three different. It's uh, it's uh, Knob Creek, Booker's, Baker's, and Basil Hayden. Yeah, so four four different ones. It's aged yep. in four different barrels of whiskey. Uh, yeah, Bourbon County Reserve brand 30th anniversary stout. Um. 14.4% bottled on July 27th, 2022. That is a rare bottle. That is a that bottle is a... I cannot get around here. No, you cannot. <laughs> wow. Thank you, John. <laughs> You know, I'm going to start giving him my address. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still have some beers for you, John. I've got some pickle beers I, and a couple pumpkins. I I have some some beers for you as well. Yeah, so we we need to uh we need to, we need to do our our, our, our exchange. Our quarterly exchange. That's been a Yes. It's about time for that. <laughs> yes. I actually have I have two really good beers actually for you. Within the beers, but two of them are really good. Nice. And they're from they're from the same company who makes the pickle beers, but it's a regular beer. Oh, good. Good. So, all right. Uh, Gearling says, "Smash that like button for more Jeffs." Yeah. Uh, into the multiverse we go. Uh, X seventy nine eight cores are still amazing. Yes, but not quite as amazing as some of the eight core X ninety nines. Like I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna begrudge Sandy and Ivy Bridge too much, but if you tried Haswell, it's a thing. Uh, Long Live X58. Ooh. Now, now you're starting to run into some archaic territory. Not saying it doesn't still turn on. I'm just saying it doesn't have AVX instructions natively, and maybe it should. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I am done with my beer, and we are right at the top of the hour if you want to uh, crack your yes. next one. 
I actually, this is a brand new one from a local place. Uh, it's new and old. Uh, famously, about seven years ago, a brewery came into being. They were called Great Notion. And at the time, they only brewed three beers. And that was their Pancake Stout, their Sour Blueberry, and uh, what is it, the IPA? Their IPA, um, right. Uh, yeah, and that's all they had. And they yep. were just selling out madly. But they technically had a fourth secret beer that you could only get in crowler form at the brewery. And that's where they took their blueberry sour and their pancake mix and they mixed it 50-50 and crowled it, canned it right there for you. And that was the only way to get it. Until now, they officially released their blueberry pancake. So this is an imperial stout uh, with coffee, maple syrup, blueberry, natural flavors, and caramel coloring. So this is a sour, blueberry, mapled pancake beer. You got me beat. And- you, you got me beat on this one. Um, so I do have... Oh, God, smell it. I do have what is normally a local beer. However, there are two locations for this for this brewery. Uh, they have one in Portland and they have another in New Mexico. Uh, this is Ex Novo Brewing. Okay. Ex Novo Brewing. Most of their brewing operations happen in Portland. However, they do have a brewery in New Mexico and they basically sister brew, uh, with them. And so some of the beers are made both places. Um, and then they will cross ship between depending on the type of beer. Uh, I've known a number of different breweries who who have done this over the years uh, because of water quality differences or or just general mineral content in waters because water is, well, it's 98% of your beer. It better be good. Yeah. Um, and uh, you don't want or, to be paying money for treatment. Right. It it uh, it makes more of a difference than you might think. Uh, anyway, so this is actually an ex novo that is brewed down in New Mexico, in Corrales, Mexico. Uh, Corrales, New Mexico, excuse me. Uh, this is their double de- uh, decocted German style Doppelbach, eight percent. Oh, so this is the Ruminator. Just mapley. <laughs> Ooh, right on the nose, clove. Always a good sign when you're cracking a German beer. That's a good beer. sign. Yeah. Yep. Just that banana fig clove kind of combo right up front. That's a beautiful looking beer. I don't know if you can see how clear it is. I can kind of see your face through the glass. Um, I there's not a speck of of anything through this like. Like the light is shining straight through. Yeah, I, I don't know if it'll capture on camera as well as it should. Um, but man, this is a crystal clear, but still dark beer. All right, cool, cool, cool. A uh, couple questions going around about my VGPU stuff. My most recent tutorial is the. Split your GPU. Uh, uh, it is, uh, gosh, when did I do that one? May? May of 2022? 
Uh, that's the most recent method to do vGPU inside of KVM or Proxmox. Uh, and I would follow that with all the download links and tutorial links therein. So if you're looking at doing that kind of stuff. Uh, there's also para-virtualization of GPUs with Hyper-V, and I do have that tutorial up on my channel as well, which is just a couple of weeks older than that one. So uh, both of those are pretty much 100% up to date uh, as far as the current methodology of, of doing the GPU stuff. Uh, getting into a little bit more CES content, Asus yeah. has officially announced a 540 hertz, 49 inch 5K and 27 inch 4K OLED gaming monitor. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, that's just yeah. A, that's just a that's just a look what we can do. Do we need it? No, but we can do it. <laughs> I mean the the twenty seven. Oh, wait, did I die? No, okay. No, the 20, you're good. Uh, okay, uh, the twenty seven inch or OLED. That's cool. But the fifty, uh, what was it? The fifty four inch. The 540 hertz. Who needs that? Who needs that? Can you even detect that with your eye? No. But it's cool. I mean, uh, that's hard. Especially the size. I really like that, too. Um, it is a total CES type thing of just mm -hmm. check out what we can do. Um, right. I, I don't even, see, you know, they don't even mention price or anything. Uh, I, no. I, I miss the CES of old, which was basically the world's biggest dick measuring contest when it came to consumer that, electronics. Yeah. Like, I like that. I didn't get to cover that. that CES, the the CES that they just did things because they could. Um, Inwin's the only one that really comes to shows with, you know, their their uh, their signature cases anymore with like, uh, yeah, we're going to make this case. We're going to make 10 of them. They're going to be $10,000 and we made it because we could. Uh, no one else does that anymore. And I miss those days. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's where you went to the cool, weird builds and, and the awesome again, back to monitors. And it's we can do this look and look at the size of it as a just big wagging contest and that's always kind of the point it was i've always liked these there's product announcements for your mainstream product products and that was kind of like what you were talking about also talking about earlier with the graphics cards why release the embargo at the very first day of ces you should probably un launch it on ces and then you know or or the end of ces so people can do stuff and whatever yeah or later after just after it but you know one do one nationwide product your main flagship product but then the rest of it was all of this here's all the cool side weird project stuff that we're tinkering with and really we'll never use it but we might take 10 percent of it and plop it into an actual consumer you know mm -hmm. item right uh that that's usually what these or how i used to be ces was it yeah. was there's these really cool items and then once it got to consumer market, it was watered down like 50, 60%. But then it got spread out. That one feature was always the best part of it and just trickled into all of these other products. And so it was always really cool. 
But it's and it's just like going to like a custom car show when uh, a car company says, "Here's a concept car. We're not going to build it, but it's a concept car, and it does all these cool things, and we could do this." Right. That's kind of what CES was used to be. But I mean, yeah, 540 hertz. I wouldn't say no to it. <laughs> right. But but this also goes back to you're going to need a graphics card that can handle it. You're going to need a processor. You're going to need right. all the parts to handle it. Right. You're going to need every single bell and whistle. By the way, 5K. Yeah. 540 hertz. Um, that's doing it because you can. And I miss products like this. Um, there's also a couple of really interesting ones in this list that uh, might fly under the radar because of that Halo product that they're trying to push out there. Um, there's the PG32UQXR, uh, which is the first ROG monitor to feature DisplayPort 2.1 interface. Also supports HDMI 2.1, so both standards are now on board. Um, 32 inch monitor with mini LED backlight, 4K resolution, 160 Hertz, has 576 independent lighting zones, 1000 nit brightness, and 95% DCI P3 color gamut. That is a professional workhorse and gaming monitor combo all in one, the likes of which I've never seen on paper all at the same time. That is a crazy cool monitor. Uh, They've also got some, some 1440p monitors with 0.03 millisecond response time and 240 hertz refresh 40 rate. Hertz, yeah. um, so there's definitely a lot of really cool things that were announced here. Um, I've been a long time fan of Asus monitors. Uh, we used to use a lot of the Asus ProArt monitors uh, at my old organization. Um, simply because of the value in DPI that you would get if uh, you needed to fit a lot of a lot of resolution in a fairly small space. Uh, and when you can get a 24-inch 1440p when everyone else is making 27s, you buy 24s and, and you cram, yeah. cram more resolution per, per square inch in. And so we had a lot of those uh, in, in various deployments. And uh, yeah, it... I like their monitors, I always have. But uh, like I said, when I've done monitor reviews before, like I like gaming panels and I appreciate high refresh rate and, and low latency and, and low millisecond response, but there's always something about professional panels that just sucks me in and oh, I'm crazy about them. Um, <laughs> now I will say recently, um, I haven't done a video on this monitor even. Um, so at CES 2020, I alluded to a monitor that would be mine eventually. Uh, and I was talking about Asus's 43-inch, 1,000-nit HDR, 144Hz 4K monster. Um, I never got that monitor, but I did get the Gigabyte version of it, which is also 1,000-nit 4K, 144Hz for... Oh my gosh, I freaking love it. Um... It's, it was a massive upgrade from my LG uh, UD4379 um, mm. as far as uh, refresh rate from going from 60 to 144 hertz on the same size panel, going from 8 to 2 millisecond response times uh, on the same size panel. Um, 
my LG monitor also came factory calibrated, but was was 100% uh, sRGB, but only like 72% DCI-P3. This monitor is 100% sRGB and 92% DCI-P3. Oh, and 1,000 nits and HDR10. Uh, so I bought this monitor last year on Prime Day, and I just haven't gotten around to doing a video on it yet. Uh, developer managed to run Windows 7 on a 5 megahertz CPU with 128 megabytes of RAM. I threw this in here simply for the lulls. I, <laughs> this is a fantastic can it run Doom kind of example. Type thing. The system took 28 minutes to boot. <laughs> to turn on and get to a desktop took 28 minutes. Now, the minimum specs for uh, Windows 7 were one gigabyte of RAM and uh, I want to say a 1.2 gigahertz or maybe even a one gigahertz CPU. Um, so... Yeah, running it even on a single core 5 gigahertz is absolutely, or 5 megahertz, is insanity. Uh, this reminds me very much of the time that I tried to install Windows XP on my 486. Because that was a thing that never ended up working. So. Yeah, this is this is an interesting thing. I actually, I, I did you just, you must have just added this recently because I didn't see it in the mm -hmm. notes earlier. Uh, this yeah, this is a total. <laughs> just watching the video or like scrolling through it, man, things take forever to load. I just He's love just trying. To... I just love the idea of it. Of like, can it can it boot? Can it run? Does it crash? Is and uh, number one getting. Getting Windows 7 to only occupy a 128 megabyte memory space is an achievement in itself. Like, usually, even the most bare-bones Windows 7 installs will occupy between 3 and 500 megabytes of memory. And they required one gig to install. Uh, so, to me, it's a, that's actually the bigger achievement, because... If you throw things at the clock, eventually the clock will eat its way through. But memory is a finite resource inside of a system. And if you don't have enough memory, crap's not going to work right. So the fact that he got the Windows 7 system to boot with only 128 megs, I think that's the bigger achievement. Yeah service pack yeah i i love just seeing the information in it's windows 7 ultimate service pack one and you can see the text of that screen that panel is just trying to load and it's almost just like dot 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 dot, dot. right you can see the pixels just going and loading in, in spots it's hilarious good times good times i i asked a question in chat and i was actually kind of surprised more people are using and gaming on just a 60 hertz monitor. A lot of people are. 
and so it's it's interesting of of having having that you know yeah um and and i think that's that's again part of my argument for why is nvidia focusing so hard on their biggest products like like all of their marketing goes behind the 4070 and up when the 4060 launches we're going to see blurbs of it and yeah there will be a review cycle but it's not going to be the main thing that's pushed it ferrari pushes the the 458 but they also only make one or two cars per year this would be like chevy only uh advertising on tv for the the zr1 corvette and forgetting that I don't know, the Sonic exists. And yeah. the I'm sorry, but the Sonic and the Impala are kind of where your bread and butter are at. Um so yeah, it's really cool that you you have a, a you know three second mid-engine Corvette, but at the same time, I just I'm just driving to work. And you know, you can't forget about that market either. And it seems like NVIDIA is focusing so hard on the upper end. They've forgotten completely about the lower end. And then AMD is trying to play catch up so much and, and compete at that top end that they're not seizing the bottom end while it's there to be taken. And I don't understand it. I, I just don't. Uh, meanwhile, Intel made a card that's $350 that fills that exact niche and no one is buying it. And I don't understand why. <laughs> Because it's a great card. Go buy an A770. Get on board the ARC bandwagon. If you're looking for a budget gamer flagship card, $350, you can go way wrong on the used market than purchasing that card. Yep. So. Uh, yeah. Who was it? Someone said... Uh... Where was it? Where'd that where'd that go? Oh, there it is. Uh Zidane said, uh, now we have to do the reverse, is we have to run Windows CE on a modern gaming PC. There you go. There we go. Um, now that would be that would be hard because the drivers just wouldn't work. Uh Windows CE was ARM only. It wasn't an x86 based system. And so you could definitely run something like uh Windows XP fundamentals or you know, Windows Vista Basic or or whatnot on modern hardware and probably get some pretty good results out of it. Uh, in fact, right over my shoulder is my arcade machine, which is running on an 8th gen Intel CPU and a GTX 960 mobile card. Uh, but it's running Windows 7 and not hooked up. it's not hooked up to the internet at all because it's just on an arcade machine. And I want it to yep. boot and I want it to play. And I want it to not warn me that the firewall's not on or that antivirus is out of date or that activation hasn't taken place or, hey, I'm Cortana and I'm here to help. Shut up, I'm here yeah. to play games. <laughs> well, and that, Windows 7 is the last version of Windows I can do that with. Yep, no, that's what I have on my, my, my main machine is a Windows mm -hmm. 7. Uh, it's it's weird going back to it though because I'll be like, oh, hang on, uh, yeah. oh wait, this is how you go to the control panel. Okay, what well, this is where this feature's at. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what I want yeah. it to do right there. It's, I just it's, want turn on. I want it to play it. games. That's it. <laughs> 
And I was actually thinking about downgrading my stand-up one to something smaller like that. Yeah. I really like the form factor of this, especially now that I've put legs on it. Because I built this as a bar top arcade. And yeah. then, uh, but I don't have any, like, spare surfaces in my life to place this on. And so it ended up, like, sitting on my garage shelf for, for you know, a couple of months. Um, so a couple of companies have sent me desks over the years. And I've I've reviewed a couple of desks, and then I've promptly taken them apart because I go the tried-and-true IKEA countertop method, man. Like, yep. inch-and-a-half butcher block on on a set of really sturdy steel legs. Like, that's that's my game. That is my jam. Uh, so I don't need these, you know, not necessarily great desks or, yeah, you happen to be sit-stand, cool, but you've got this crappy Formica top and I'm just not a fan of it. Uh, so I had a bunch of desks and a bunch of desk parts laying around. So I took apart an Arazi gaming desk and that's what the legs are right there. Um, I joined the legs yeah. together with a strip of aluminum from Home Depot and bolted it all together and then <laughs> bolted it to the bottom of the, uh, the arcade machine. So now it's a like sit down arcade machine. Like you pull up a couple of bar stools and you can play two player on it. And it's the perfect form factor because the whole thing is like 19 inches square. Yeah. It doesn't take up any space at all. Uh, it can sit in the corner of any room. It, this has been in my living room for the last year, completely out of the way and, and, but ready to sit down at a moment's notice and, and, you know, fire up NBA jam or golden ax or something like that. So yeah, it's been fantastic. Anyway, yeah, uh, I've got a couple really good videos focused around budget computing in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Those are always some of the nicer, ni nice ones that that seem to always yeah uh, do yeah. very well. And and I think this year I really want to circle back into some of my older content. Like I, uh, my content tends to go in waves of doing nothing but new stuff and new reviews and new hardware and new server builds. And then I'll come back down on the backslope and go like, you know what? I, I want to do some use Xeon stuff and, and used enterprise gadgets and, you know, budget gaming builds and and you know inexpensive workstations that have like 300 gigs of ram and crap like that um and that's kind of where i'm at like right now like right now i'm so longing for some workstation builds or or whatnot but on a dead tight budget um yeah. in fact i have an x99 itx build in the works Ooh. uh that i'm okay. hoping to get either the end of January or first week of February uh, on the channel uh, where I'm going to try to cram like 18 cores and, and 128 gigs of Ram into an ITX build just for, just for the fun just... of it. <laughs> Sounds fun. NBA jam. He's on fire. Yeah. No. Uh, now, NBA Jam's probably my go-to on my arcade cabinet. Uh, if if well, I, I was always NBA Jam's good. I like the NFL Blitz '99. NFL Blitz '99 is great. If if I've got ten minutes to burn, I'm going NBA Jam. Uh, yeah. That that's usually my like. Okay, I'm gonna take a quick break here. 
boom shakalaka that that's <laughs> that's my wheelhouse <laughs> x99 itx why though why not that's the point that's the why not that's right. why you make the video right <laughs> when someone have you says, seen why? my channel before <laughs> have you seen any youtube channel before it's always why not yeah i want to see it yeah when will Xeon E7 motherboard be readily liquidated? Never, because they are non-standard form factors. They're not going to fit into an ATX case. You have to buy them in pre-sanctioned, in-house developed, proprietary form factor uh, chassis from first-party OEM. So that is Supermicro, Dell, HP, Cisco, and a couple others. There's not a lot of people who make them. There's not a lot of call for them on the used market. Sure, you can get Sandy Bridge with 18 core Xeon E7 CPUs in a four CPU configuration, but who's gonna pay the shipping on a 4U chassis to run that system? Oh, and by the way, it's DDR3, PCI Express 3, and uh, not a lot of speed or future expandability or anything else to go along with it. It's just a crap ton of cores in a very large chassis that's going to quite literally drain your local power company of every last cent that you have. Uh, there's not a lot of call for them. There's not a lot of use for them. They're cool. I've looked for them. <laughs> I'm not going to say I haven't. Uh, but... Yeah, Xeon E7, you're encroaching on a, a realm of computing that just never really trickles down in a meaningful way into consumers' hands. It's amazing enough that, you know, server computing trickles down to to consumer hands, to, to people like me. You know. Friend, friend so. had a great idea. Uh, you, you need to do a whole series of call it budget January. Everything's on a budget. But then the I said, problem is go... the problem is you plan that series in in like October. Yes. But then but then I said you have to go even higher. The camera you do has to be a budget camera. The beer you drink has to be budget beers. All the projects are budget. <laughs> Jeff, um, Jeff will be uh, shooting off of his phone drinking PBR. <laughs> <laughs> Today on Craft Computing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Does Rhett not get to work in January? Because I <laughs> think he's well outside the, the budget. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so for March this year, Mixology March will be making a return uh, where we're going to do nothing but mixed drinks for the month of March. Um, so, John, prepare your liquor cabinet and, and no, plan accordingly for, for your show. Um, I have plethors. Excellent. Did you uh, did you see my Romulan ales? I did. I did catch those uh, in your tweets. I didn't even know those existed. And my wife that was the that was the big surprise yeah. my wife got. No, me. they they launched them. I think November first. Okay. So uh, I, yeah. I got a couple emails about them because I have everything else. Yeah. No, I have all the wines, <laughs> but then I was like, yeah. I thought they only made the. Uh, the, the Kirk uh, vodka or um, the two you have. These yeah. The, the, get, the, the whiskey and then a vodka. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, the 10 forward vodka, the James T. Kirk uh, single malt bourbon. Um, Yeah, they've got uh, obviously the Chateau Picard stuff. They've got like four different variants of Chateau Picard. They've got, um, I have the uh, Starfleet Special Reserve white and red bottles, which I think you do as well. There's the Klingon blood wine, uh, which I've got. Um, There's the Canar. Which yep. I have to say, I bought two of those specifically because I wanted to drink one and then reuse the bottle. Um, the Canar was amazing good. Like Really? I, I have two bottles of that as well. Like, holy crap good. Like, you should probably open one good. Just to, yeah, because I like the bottle. Just well, to right? have it. Right. Oh. Just to, it was a damn good port dessert wine. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was very happy yeah. with that one. Yeah, I think this year's was the Risa. They came up with like a, a rose. Oh yeah, the Risian ale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she she got me those as well. So that was the big, my big surprise. Which you and I both know those stuffs are not cheap. They're expensive. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> but it's like fifty or sixty a bottle. Oh, and then you yeah. pay for shipping. Exactly. I think my two bottles of Canar were like $130 after ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like a one, 120, 130, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was like, right, oh, right around out. there. Yeah, it was, it was rough. It hurts. Yep. But I will say, as someone who's had like $50 bottles of wine before, um, that one's yes, up there? It's like, it's well, up that there. was worth 50 bucks? It, it was worth it. Um, yeah. Uh, so I have some family who are who are major winos. Like they go mm-hmm. to wine tastings regularly. They can tell you everything about every single uh, crop in the Willamette Valley and Willamette Valley vineyards and everything else about what years are good, what years are bad. And oh, this thing happened, and all of a sudden they like had to mix it with this. And oh, it's amazing this year. Like they are <laughs> they're into wine the way that you and I are into beer and spirits. Ah, uh, okay. And. Uh, um, I. Okay. Well, remember, I'm on my show right now. That's okay. Well, come give me a hug. I don't mind getting a hug. Thanks, but it was a mistake. Yep. Hi. Hi. What is he saying? He's saying hi. Oh, but can I, can I listen too? Sure, real quick. Sure. Hi. There you go. Hi. <laughs> Good night. You like this? Cause they're headphones. They can go any size. Yep. Well, if I hold them up to your ear, they'll fit. Like this? Yep, like that. <laughs> All right. Say say bye, everyone. Bye. All right. Well, I gave you one anyway. <laughs> Close my door, please. Okay. Thank you. Cuteness alerts, yes. That is a little bit, and she is uh, every bit as cute in person as she looks on video. <laughs> um. Anyway, where were we at? 
Uh, Chuck sends over another $5. Thank you very much, Chuck. By the way, I did see that you were drinking something in your previous Super Chat, although I can't scroll all the way back up to see what it was. Uh, I didn't get a chance to circle back because we got into the whole CES NVIDIA conversation. Yep, I can do that. Let's wait a time. I know. There you go. Okay, take that out. Thank you. Bye again. Bye. <laughs> Breaking all the rules already. Watch out for that one. Oh, they're the one we have our eye on. Don't don't worry about that. Ah, uh, stream rated. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, kids and cats make videos better. Yeah. Uh, I try to get Rambo into videos whenever I can, uh, but he cooperates, well, frankly, worse than kids do. Uh, in fact, he jumped off the desk and, uh, man, he is such a dick sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so I try to get him in, into camera, but uh, he has very low patience for when I'm talking and moving my hands anywhere near him. And he, he'll slowly inch his way away. Um, anyway, let's see what else we got. Uh, Withings wants you to buy a $500 toilet accessory and be your WebMD when you pee. Yeah. I, I'd repeat that, but I really don't want to. Uh, so apparently they are making essentially a self-scanner to detect viruses and other illnesses in your urine direct from your bowl and then Bluetooth <laughs> you the results. <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, that I can't wait for two years from now. We're going to be doing the story. <laughs> of Withings Withings data, data breach. <laughs> <laughs> or it's going to be found out they've been selling your data the whole time. You'll never guess which STD your favorite celebrity has. <laughs> exactly. Or something like that. Or that got hacked. Also, at the same time, too, the positioning. Like, uh, it's at the front of the toilet. What if I'm like, oh, I stood up or something. You know, I'm standing. I need, I need more of the you know urinal style cake i need it to float maybe make it a game i don't know there is a oh, camera what? on it that worries oh my the gosh out of me <laughs> who's gonna all right all right actually staying it, withings has you, also you said to, its system conforms it. to the highest security standards and that data uh, will always be held in france in a gdpr compliance setup it says that U-Scan will run for three months before needing a recharge via USB-C and a replacement cartridge. So there is a cartridge inside of this unit that uh, basically takes a sample and then analyzes data uh, based on who has used the commode in that particular session, I would guess. Um, How does it, it know who's, yeah, who's doing it? I, Do you I, have to like log into your profile before you go pee i imagine each of you create a profile and then you go oh yeah that was mine 
but then everyone gets notified that hey someone peed who was it right uh, yeah you know <laughs> someone's got to claim this via text <laughs> it's intended what, to sit what? on the porcelain where most people's pee streams would land there's a collection inlet at its lowest point, and the sensor will detect the presence of urine and trigger a pump to put a small quantity oh, into its body. From there, the sample is pumped into a microfluidic system, which triggers a chemical reaction very similar wow. to the COVID tests that we all know. Um, yeah, it's it's a litmus test, and it has a built-in camera for analyzing the stream, oh. the data stream so to speak. Um, and, uh, darn. Yeah. Darn. Ah, uh, MSRP is 530 bucks. I thought if this was like 39 99, everyone in my family for Christmas next year, everyone, <laughs> that's what they're getting. <laughs> we're all, we're going to do the family plan. And everyone nationwide, we're all going to be hooked up, knowing everyone's peeing, how everyone's doing, you know. Uh, also, you got to buy multiple. What What if you like, oh, this is my favorite toilet. And uh, what happens then? What happens if like, and I could be a little bit, you know, like I have a favorite toilet in my house. I got to go do something. I'm going to go to that one. Why? Right. Because there's more soundproofing. Let me put right. it that way. You my, know, mine's behind a couple of closed doors. Exactly. So if I'm not feeling well, that's still the toilet I'm going to go at. But right. it's not my everyday toilet. So it's not going to get my total scan, you know, 100% health. Right. Uh, I have. Oh. What happens if I clog the toilet? Is this thing waterproof? Uh, it, are all the crevices? Does it have overflow protection? Buffer yeah, overflow? Exactly. <laughs> what happens? Uh, Skull's wondering if the camera is used to detect who the patient is. Uh, oh, and by the way, that's not face detection. I know. I was going to say there was that article that talked about uh, using that particular area as an ID. Yep. Uh, oh, we know that the the oh, surveillance man, state level technology is already there with... Uh, gate detection as far as how do you walk what are the angle of your shoulders what's your pace what's your stride length uh to ascertain who you are as an individual because everyone walks a little bit differently um i'm assuming we all have different genitals as well <laughs> oh man this is ah. I, if, it, if it just wasn't that much Hard-hitting journalism here on Craft Computing. <laughs> Although, see, this is another thing. This is CES. This is what I want to see at CES. <laughs> this is this true. Is the type, this is the stuff I want to like. I, uh, dumb. The, the three dumb years... Of, I so I went to 18, 19, and 20. Um, and obviously I haven't been since then, and I'm out there now. Um, but... Uh, all three of those years, I dedicated a full day just to walk around the floor, not as a journalist, but as like a, I want to see some crazy crap. I, I want to see the most bass-ackwards implementation of technology that I ever have, or the biggest waste of money, or the coolest device that's outside of my realm of coverage. I want to see it. And uh, I found some really cool stuff there uh, from... 
AI ping pong players to uh, things like, uh, oh gosh, there was the uh, the Sensel, the uh, touch sensitive uh, trackpad that you could use as like a MIDI synthesizer. Uh, uh, there's been a lot of really cool stuff there just walking around seeing who's who's developing some fun stuff um john by well, the way I've... your camera's dead again ah okay hang on i'm gonna replace the battery cool cool i think it's just so dead that yep. the charge couldn't keep charge couldn't keep up <laughs> Although now the mounts will be hopefully not too far off. Uh, hey, he's back. Oh, there he goes. Maybe. Yeah, what? No, nope. there's a brand new battery. Nope. Nope. What is going on? Was it a brand new battery? Maybe it wasn't charged. You know, for only a dollar a month, you can help Pops and Brews keep his camera gear up and running. Join the Patreon. Link is in the video description. Occasionally, I send John beer, which he doesn't have to spend his own money on, and he goes and buys new camera gear. And you, too, can help this uh, very generous process. Uh, and also get access to the Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads and join the awesome community that hangs out there throughout the week. There is not a day that goes by that there's not a live video chat going on with or without me. Um, I, I drop in whenever I have the opportunity. It's a heck of a lot of fun. I am always in the in the voice or in the, uh, the text chat. You have a question, shoot it at me, I'm there. Uh, but the Patreon is one of the things that allows me to do this. It allows me to keep the lights on around here, keep producing videos and keep getting to do yeah. this full time. Uh, yeah. So if you like the content, support it directly. Uh, I, I very much appreciate it. I actually did buy more camera gear just to let you know, but it was uh -huh. audio uh -huh. gear. Okay. It was audio gear. So yeah. did you? I did. Actually, I bought a, oh. uh, um, uh, a booster. But, well, it, not for this. It's for videos. If I have to do... Um, lives i bought a little mixer and a preamp that can do uh micro xlr and two inputs nice. and so i can i can have a boom mic and then two wides and nice. so yeah if i ever need to do a close-up shot where i don't have enough personal mics yeah i can i can do that when it comes to production gear i'm one of those people who often tries to overthink the general consensus of the room and tries to go a little bit more budget than I should or like, yeah, this is the de facto standard at like $180, but for $70, I can do the same thing. And then you buy the $70 thing and then you go, ah, this is missing like this one feature. It doesn't work as well as I'd like yeah. it to with this one thing. I'm going to spend the $100 and I'm going to get it the next thing. And then I'm going to spend $120 and get the next thing. And then you finally buy the $170 one and you go, oh, that's why everyone recommends this one. Uh, so I've gone through like four or five different audio interfaces over the last two years. And 
I finally bought myself a Scarlet Focusrite 2i2. Mm-hmm. I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> I should have just bought that from the outset. So, yeah, I will often spend $400 to avoid spending the 170 but that includes the 170 purchase price that I usually wind up spending. Oh, yeah. yeah. So... Well, the the reason I even got this was more for that rarity that like when Steve comes over or I have one person over, I have I have two lapels. That's mm-hmm. fine. It's when I have three, four, a larger group at the end and I need to get the room and I don't have enough. And then I don't want the echoness of the room because of the camera angle has to be further back. So therefore, the mic is further back. So I wanted an XLR. But then I also like this one because it will get. I can have a close-up XLR, so a boom mic, but then I can also have a room, too, so then I can mix it. So I can actually have three channels of audio going at one time. Nice. So, yeah, I, I just went like, with the 2i2. All I ever do is solo recording, voiceover work, and uh, and then the occasional in-person show. Um, uh you know, for live shows, I can take this out. It's got two channels in. We've got the uh, a, a couple of nice shotgun mics that have worked wonders in the past for us uh, for live production. Or if it's just me and another person, I've got the the Rode uh, wireless to go to, um, yeah. which is a phenomenal setup uh, for for multiple people. Uh, gosh, we did we did last week's entire show on. On the road, uh, yeah, I saw that the, 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 the road two squares. Yeah, yeah just clip twos. clip those to our shirts and off we go. And the audio, I think, was 98 percent of the time pretty phenomenal. We could have done a little bit more mixing, a little bit more compressor as it's going through OBS. But overall, it's like I was sitting across the room getting live audio in a fairly good quality. So. Yeah, I, f- I finally settled on the two things that I probably should have settled on in the first place. But I went through three different wireless setups and four different uh, uh, PC USB audio mixers to find the ones that were already recommended to me. So, but hey, in the meantime, you get like use on content and and why you should or shouldn't do that. Yeah. So y- you have to take my left brain with my right brain. Like <laughs> it's just the way it goes. Uh, labs are nice. Yeah, it, I really like the Rode uh, Rode Video Go uh, two microphones. Uh, so we've got the two user setup. Um, they're clip. They're little clip packs that you can literally just like clip on a collar, and they've got pretty decent microphones built into them. Or you can hook up lapels and and do that. I usually hook up hook up a lapel if I'm doing an actual video shoot. And I'm not here in my office with my shotgun microphone, um, but uh, but even the built-in mic is honestly fantastic quality. And if you're not doing live audio, if you're recording it and you can run it through a, a pre-processing compressor and a little bit of EQ, man, you can get some fantastic results out of that thing. Uh, so yeah, Great stuff. No audio. Great stuff. Yeah, you can get you can get some really good audio. I I looked at those too. Um, uh, they're they're really nice. Mm-hmm. They were they're not actually they're within a pretty decent budget too, if I remember correctly. Like I think right. they were like two hundred and thirty something like that. Yeah, like they were. I think I think when I was looking, it was like one ninety nine to two twenty ish. 
you know, I think they're still probably within there. Um, yeah, and they're uh, fantastic. $230 for the kit today, uh, for the two-channel kit today. Yeah. Um, and then I also have a charging kit, which I spent 50 bucks on. And it's a uh, docking station and external battery that if you're, like, going to CES... You can do some shoots, and then in between shoots, slam your your roads into a a docking station and and case that will charge them at the same time. And you can charge them like you can charge everything. I think it was three times. So your receiver and both both uh, transmitters a full three times. They last four hours by themselves. So theoretically, you could do sixteen hours, twelve to sixteen hours of yeah. continuous shooting with this setup like it's it's fairly crazy ah got a super chat from tech geek tech geek fifty dollars thank you very much sir uh evening nerds uh just got done with work we'll rewatch tomorrow cheers cheers to cheers, you sir. appreciate you watching on the replay be it in podcast form anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found we are pretty much everywhere itunes Spotify, Google, we're we're everywhere. Yeah, John, you keep going out of focus. I don't know what it's. I don't know. I didn't trying touch to do. that. Yeah, I don't know what it's trying to do. Yeah. Uh, or subscribe to Craft Extra and get clips directly from this show. Uh, we'll pick out the best stuff and cherry pick everything for you. Get it in bite-sized chunks that you can get delivered to your inbox if you subscribe and click that bell. So that's what I'd recommend you doing. And in fact, we're we're getting near being able to monetize uh, Craft Extra. So, so the more yeah, the merrier. Why is that not focus? That is odd. Why is it? Why did it stop focusing? Hmm. Ah. You're fine. It's artistical. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, it's an artistical look. It it it, it it'd be more you if it were like. I could, I could. You got to get the off kilter. Over. Yeah, yeah. You got to get I that ten just, degree lean. I, there you I go. Just do this. Ugh. I'll just do this. I'll just Instagram like this. perfection. Instagram. Hang on, hang on. There we go. <laughs> or is it just a wide woman? A wide woman's Instagram. <laughs> Hashtag beer selfie, yo. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Uh, last story for the night, the hidden cost of cheap TVs. Uh, yes. I think we all inherently, tangently, uh, suspiciously know this, but a lot of the TVs that we find nowadays are very inexpensive. Um, I saw... A 65-inch TV for $248 at Walmart the other day. And I went, holy crap, how did they get a 65-inch TV for 60, for $250? Because um, you and I both know what 70- and 75-inch TVs cost just a couple of years ago. Yes, we um, do. Yes, yeah. Uh, you, when you opened your tap house, and me, when I bought my new house and bought a 75 for, for myself. Um they were not cheap, but all of a sudden, like in the last two years, you can get a 65 inch for 250 bucks, a 70 inch for under 400. Uh, 
Why is that? Well, it's because of the smart TV that's part of that package. You don't just buy a screen and then hook peripherals to it anymore. No, you buy an ecosystem and they're hoping that you'll use that ecosystem and that they can, well, do what everyone else does and deliver ads to you and make you the product of the product that you purchased. This should have been patently obvious to anyone who has bought a TV within the last five years, you know, with Samsung Smart Hub and LG's WebOS integration Vizio's, and yep. Vizio Smart Home and and everything else or Alexa built Pro in. Integration. Yep. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you're the product because we're saving money getting cheaper TVs because they can deliver content in a way that you're more likely to view it in. That is sitting down in your living room and picking an application and uh, getting ads fed directly into your smart TV from whoever wants to buy them. So, yeah, I know. I mean, well, if they want to know that I go to Plex a lot, that's what they're going to get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what shows this guy keeps going to plex right Man, that 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 company must be putting out some great free content yeah that's weird. that that's <laughs> mine so um we do have a couple of of fringe services uh we have uh disney plus we have paramount plus uh and we have motor trend uh because mm -hmm. i watch a lot of motor trend uh and then I've got my Plex server. And my Plex server has my entire physical media library, <laughs> uh, plus, plus extras, uh, ready to go. So I don't have to pop in a Blu-ray or anything else or own a Blu-ray player anymore. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I can watch all that content. Um, and then we've got just a couple of ancillary services that cost me maybe 15 or $18 a month. I don't have Netflix. I don't have Hulu. I don't have anything else. We have Disney Plus. We have Motor Trend, which is like $3. And I think we have Paramount Plus simply because we watch all the Star Treks. And so you get uh, Lower Decks and Picard and everything else. Cool. I'm, I'm happy to pay those because those are things that I watch. Yeah. But if they didn't know I already like Star Trek, they know now. Trust right. me, it's been blasted everywhere. Right. But I also don't use the built-in smart TV functionality of my Vizio or LG TVs or my Samsung TV. I have literally all three in my house. Um, I go out and spend $25 on a Roku 4K streaming stick, and I use that. And... Uh, that's probably what all of you are better off doing is going and buying a Fire Stick or a Roku Stick or some other form of streaming device. Number one, you're going to get better support because it's a company whose reputation and livelihood depends on you liking the experience, not just you begrudgingly having to use it. Uh, and two, because as Linus actually covered uh, this last week, there's a reason your smart TV sucks. It's because they're skimping on a lot of the electronics inside of it because they don't have to spend that much money to do it. It's, it's a value add with no value gain. Uh, so, yeah, they'll, those, those companies with the, oh, damn it, <laughs> son of a. 
I wasn't even ah. going to mention because there's four minutes left. Ah! I just noticed. That's what I get for buying a budget camera. That's right. You should have gone full frame, my friend. <laughs> I'll sell you my A7 III. Yeah, no, that's okay. Uh, well, the, the only thing... I wouldn't buy it if I were you, because all your, all your lenses are APS-C. Exactly. And I love Sony's autofocus feature. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. I know. I thought about upgrading to... Uh, a nicer Sony. Uh-huh. Um, man, they're just still so expensive. They really are. Um, yeah, so I I sold my Z Cam, not because I didn't love my Z Cam. I, I truly did love the Z Cam E2. But having a camera operator who's not necessarily fluent in how to do manual focus 100% of the time... Um, I wanted a little bit of autofocus in my life. And so I decided to sell the Z-Cam E2 and I bought two Sony full-frame cameras. I bought a, an A7 III and an A7 IV. Um, and I also bought a pair of Rokinon 24 to 70 uh, F2.8 autofocus lenses. I can tell you those are some of the worst purchases I've ever made in my life because both of them are out for repair right now because the lens mount literally fell off. Oh, yes, that's right. All right, yeah. you can put me back on. Okay. Uh, you're still blank on my side. Really? Uh, um, your, your video stopped transmitting on my side. Uh, you're just tops and brews in Zoom. Oh, start video. There it is. Cannot start veil to start video camera. Please select another video camera. <laughs> <sighs> um, so... But yeah, so I, I bought these two lenses. They were $800 lenses. They were not inexpensive. Um, and I've had phenomenal oh. luck with a lot of Rokinon Cine lenses in the past. In fact, I also, in the last year and a half, bought a full full set of Rokinon Cine lenses from 14 to 85 millimeter for doing primary camera shoots with. Um, and uh, that's pretty much what every single video is shot on is is Rokinon 24, 35, and 50 millimeter lenses with some fringe cases eating 85 and, and 14. And uh, there you are. There I am. Um, oh. But uh, yeah, so I bought these two lenses and literally within two and a half months of, of regular use, the lens mount on the lens fell off. Oh yeah, the bit you showed, or I saw the. Uh... I, I made a couple of tweets about it, yeah. um, and an event, and and I I told Rokinon, I want my money back. I don't even want these repaired. I want cash back because the idea that these lenses are professional series lenses at eight hundred dollars, and and I can treat them as such, is absolute hogwash because. You're holding the entire lens mount to the camera with four M2 screws and the most brittle of ABS plastic in some fairly lengthy standoffs from the body of the camera that I've ever seen. Uh, and the idea that that's going to hold up over time when both of them failed within the same use period. 
uh, is asinine. Uh, Fuck, just for low light. So <laughs> they said, unfortunately, I... we're not able to do that as per warranty, but we will honor the warranty and whatnot. So I sent both lenses out for Glory. repair to their U.S. Uh, U.S. repair facility. Uh, I should be getting the package back on Friday. We'll see how good it is. We'll see if they even repaired it. Number one. Well, that that'll be an interesting video. Or just even like a video tweet. You know what you should do is then like do like an unboxing of like a I, live unboxing or you know stream it on on some some I, social media. I, or I don't mean to pass the buck onto the next person, but at the same time, I kind of want to just open the box, make sure they both work, and then sell them on eBay, and then go buy a Sony twenty four to seventy. That's, like, well, that's what I was looking for. Like, like I'll take five hundred each for the lenses. Like, like I'm not, I'm not huge on on needing to get all of my money back. I, I do feel that Rokinon probably owes me a fair amount of money for the money that I invested into these two very expensive lenses. Uh, but at the same time, if I can just get rid of them on eBay. You'll count. You'll just be like, "It's a wash. It's fine. It, it's a wash." I'll just buy the Sony twenty-four to seventy that I probably should have bought in the first place, and and I'll move on with my life. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. Tech Geek member for six months. Also half a year. Woohoo! Excellent. Ooh. Uh, let's see. John is an NPC tonight. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Did Jeff uh, Geerling yeah. just say that Pies don't have AV1 decoding earlier in the stream? They do not. Uh, they do have hardware H.264 decoders on board. I They might have X.265, but I don't recall off the top of my head. Geerling would definitely be more in that wheelhouse than I am. Um, but no, they do not have AV1 decoders on, on board. That uh, That type of hardware vastly predates the current generation Raspberry Pi 4. Now, the Raspberry Pi Foundation has come out and stated that expect new hardware that is in a new Model B sometime in 2023. Uh, oh, so man, those prices of their their stuff have gone up so much though. And it's uh, also it, it's all supply and demand. I, that, that, yeah, that I understand that part, right. but it's just cuz I went to go buy one uh, just to be like, oh, you know, I'll convert my my um, um, main machine into into uh, uh, RetroPie. Right. And I went to go look up prices. And I was like, I'm not paying that. I can't. Right. I just, I just, 135 dollars for an eight gig Raspberry Pi four. Like, yeah. yeah, it's eight gigs, but that should be like seventy. Uh, exactly. And then right. on top of that, it's like, okay, I want a case. I I do I have a CM four oh, oh. on a oh. Oh, look at that. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was for your um, server, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is the, the Bly KVM that I just did a video about. So. Yeah. So there's a lot of other up and coming SBC uh, based systems that are really exciting, uh, including Rockchip has actually thrown down. Uh, what is it? The 3688 or something like that? 3699. Um that is a very impressive uh, amount of performance for like a, a $99 SBC. Uh, it can run Linux, it can run Ubuntu, it can run Android uh, and do it 
fairly well. Uh, so I've actually been looking around and seeing, like, maybe I should try tinkering around with some of those type things and seeing what kind of content I can make on them. So more like $250 for Pi for 8 gigs. Yeah, no, I, I was being well, very I, generous. Well, I think it's 250 for, like, the, if you buy the kit. You know, that comes with the case, the cooling, the SD card. Mm -hmm. It is, I think it's like 250 if you do that. Um, you know, where, where it comes with the, the power supply with the the on and off switch for the USB-C. Yeah. Um, which there's, they always overcharge for that little piece of hardware. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, for like, if you want the slap it together kit, everything comes together. I think it is like 225, 250, which is just ridiculous. It's like, yeah. Where a couple years ago, 119 for that exact same kit, you know, uh, 80 bucks for the pie and then 40 bucks for the case and plethora of things. Right. Something like that. So, so uh, I know Raspberry Pi is as eager to get the prices down as the rest of us are. Uh, I don't because, I mean, the, the whole purpose of their foundation was availability in a $35 PC. And if the PCs are selling for $80, they've missed the whole point of why they exist. And uh, so they definitely want to get it down to get it back available into people's hands. And uh, uh, I mean, remember at the heart of it, Raspberry Pi is a foundation and, an, and a nonprofit organization. They, the main goal of that organization is to get computers into the hands of, of kids and, and uh, you know, lower end communities and, and third world and whatnot that might not otherwise have access to modern computers. And yeah. as of the Pi 4, you could run a full Linux desktop and be able to browse the modern web and view 1080p YouTube videos and yeah. and go to every modern website and actually be a true desktop replacement at $35 plus a USB-C adapter and a cheap HDMI monitor. Yeah, um, under under 100 bucks. Under 100 yeah, we bucks for a complete setup. Yeah, we were looking at that from for my office of mm -hmm. doing that for all of our workstations of being like, look, and if someone steals it or breaks it or whatever 100 bucks is nothing right uh because um you know all all most of my people do are just open up tabs and browsers yep <laughs> that's that's all, that's all they're doing right that's all a lot of people do anymore as far as yeah. computing it's it's all in browser or in app and uh if you can't get it in app you can probably get it in browser so there's a lot to that, and and I and I will say, um, from using a Raspberry Pi four quite extensively over the last year in a desktop environment, trying to tweak different things, and and especially, uh, I worked with one quite a bit working with Parsec and Moonlight for for game streaming, but it worked just fine as a honestly day to day computer when I wasn't connected to a gaming PC. And there really is something to that. And, I, and like I said, I'm sure the Raspberry Pi Foundation is just as eager as the rest of us to get it back down into the $35 to $50 computer like it should be. So, yeah. Don't, I, I know, I, I, like I said, when I was looking at it, I don't, I didn't blame them. I was just like, oh man, just the way everything is right now. Yeah. I, even the Raspberry Pis are just ridiculously, and they are supposed to be the cheap. 
um, consumer part. But yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's going to do it for us here on Talking Heads, episode two hundred sixty-six. Make sure to like this video if you liked it. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to Hops and Brews if you like the beer content on this channel and want to see more of that type of stuff. Uh, as for us, join us every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. John, anything coming up? Uh, your channel uh, that you want to plug? Yeah, nothing. Just we're going, I'm going to be doing probably either this week or beginning of Monday if I get the video edited. Just work's been busy new year that's just the way it goes yep. uh personal hygiene with beers is gonna be a thing for a couple videos nice so, yeah <laughs> uh for I, I will give a little bit of a spoiler for mixology march i've been experimenting lately with some non-alcoholic spirits and i'm trying to do some my experience with them is not good your i i know yours has not been good um let me tell you, the first two that I've tried make some pretty decent cocktails. Really? Yeah. I mean, if it can fool me, that's fine. So I don't know that it would fool you. I don't know that I would go like, here, here's an old fashioned. But if yeah. I said, here is a drink that will scratch that itch. That's fine. You, Yeah, okay. I, I, under, I can understand that. I things i already have like soda carbonated drinks that can kind of already do that for in a sense right uh, right so, but 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 then but then for me i had to point out then i might and then i might comment on those videos is that uh of i made price, my price for that non-alcoholic spirit is expensive this costs me just as much as Maybe even more so than my house bourbon does. Uh, exactly. And but, so uh, but I made myself an old-fashioned at 9.30 this morning and okay. thoroughly enjoyed it. That's that's all right. That's fine. That's, that's, that's an interesting aspect. Okay. So I, I look forward to hearing it. Yeah. So I, it. now Mixology March is going to include a whole bunch of different things uh, from you know, craft cocktails and, and, and regular stuff to, I'm going to do a couple of things with non-alcoholic cocktails because I know there's, there's, you know, people there's out that. there who yeah. don't drink and that's totally cool. And man, if you guys could take part in the craft and the activity, like that's kind of also yeah. why oh. I got into this. So my, I think like the third and fourth largest video are non-alcoholic stuff. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah, we're going to do, be doing a little bit of that in March. Anyway, thumbs up, subscribe, bell, everything bell, else. Everything. Click it all. 